Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll well, be gone. Welcome back to another edition of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. And I am not super excited. Uh, you're going to find out here in a second. Basically, I suck dick at, at gambling. Uh, not necessarily gambling altogether, just picking my locks of the week. Um, I and- regrettably went 0-2 last weekend on my locks week again. And if you remember on the last podcast, if I said I went 0-2, that for a third week in a row, I'm now 0-6 in my last three weeks of, of my locks of the week. And I'm going to fully fucking blame that one on Cincinnati. Like, how no. do you score 10 points against – one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I don't care what you say. I'm not going to blame the Chiefs for putting up 45 points. They all the fucking all the Bengals had to do was score a kick a field goal, a couple field goals on a couple drives, score more touchdown. They literally fucking scored 10 points against one of the worst defenses in the league. That's just atrocious. Well, we all know how I feel about it. So, yeah, well, you're you're stupid. That's that's not even a shaving points thing. Like. They're up by 35 points. Why would they kick a field goal? Why would they go for it on fourth down? You're right there. That's the stupidest thing in the world. That's just so dumb. It still doesn't even matter. Still wouldn't help me out. Still wouldn't help me out. Over when we talked about the 59, so it still doesn't help me out. So, therefore, I'm still going to blame the Bengals. It was their fault for not scoring enough points. And Harrison Butker missed a field goal. If you would have told me – Again, I'm not blaming the fucking goddamn Chiefs. I'm blaming the Bengals a thousand percent. If you had told me the Chiefs would score 45 points, I would have bet my life savings that the over would have hit. So, it is what it is, regardless of the fact. Um, you know, uh, Cincinnati also dropped the ball against Temple on the road, lost in overtime. That was our, that was my other lock of the week. Also, Travis's. Regardless of the fact, um, I went 0 2, 0 6 in the last three weeks. So. I have a punishment coming my way, and we're not going to say it again at the end of the podcast because you should probably listen all the way through, but let me know what you guys think the punishment should be. It'll be similar to whenever I had KU. We'll head to wear that KU shirt. Um, we'll vote on it. It'll probably probably announce all of the options next Tuesday, and then I'll probably have the punishment early November. Um, anyway, uh, Travis had a good weekend with 5-3. and three. He's now 21-23-3 and three on the year. I went three and five, and I am 21, 32, and three on the year. So <clears throat> you read that wrong. What? You said I was 21, 23. 
Sorry, sorry, 29, 29, 23, and 3. Yeah, Travis, 29, 23, and 3, and 30, or 21, 32, and 3. So, yeah, Travis. uh, You have a lot of work to do to get back on that 500 track. I mean, it's not not helping the fact that we have to pick these stupid fucking Thursday night games at the NFL. Besides the throw in there, like the – who would have thought the Broncos would have killed the Chargers in the Cardinals like that? Anyway. I I told you. Regardless of the fact, I shall accept punishment, so let us know what you guys think about that. Um, real quick, before we kind of dive into our first and ten segment, um, just want to look back on our uh, postseason MLE picks real quick because game one is currently going on right now, Red Sox and Dodges, um, and neither Travis or I had either of those teams in the World Series. Um, Ethan, our guest picker, had the Red Sox in the World Series playing against the Brewers but had the Brewers winning in five. So we totally whiffed on those. Um, so I was up. dominating. What? I was dominating until the freaking championship series. I mean, yeah, you had it all right until you got it all right. had it all right. right. The wrong people won. <laughs> you had it all right until you got it all wrong. Isn't that how it always goes? Um, but I can give a shit off about this series. I hope they both lose. Yeah, that's – MLB's probably having a boner over having Boston and L.A., two big markets in the World Series. Only thing worse would be New York and L.A. Anyway, we're going to roll into our first and ten segment this week. Got something a little special for you. I'm going to actually get my timer out, but let's play the clip. First and ten from the 45-yard line. All right, here we go. Here's our first and ten segment. We're going to be a little back and forth here. may agree on – some or most of these, but here we go. Here's number one. Is it too early to start worrying about the LeBron era in L.A.? Yeah, I'm going to go and say not a chance. Um, he signed a four-year deal for a reason. You know, it's an 82-game season. Like I said, he signed a four-year deal. All these other deals he's been signed since he was when he was in Miami and Cleveland were all two- to three-year deals because um, he knew that it was a short-term thing. Um, you know, he knows it's going to be a process. Mark my words, I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. Um, they're not going to compete for a championship, though, until year three of his contract. Lonzo, Josh Hart, Kuzma are all second-year players. Brandon Ingram's in his third year. A lot of young guys. They're going to figure it out. And also, they lost the three playoff teams from last year, all by less than 10. Took the Spurs overtime a couple, ni- a couple nights ago. So, or was that last night? Whatever it was. I'm not worried about them at all. Um, they're going to roll the yeah. sun tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, they just I – I wouldn't say the LeBron era – in LA, I would say this year is not looking good. They just kind of have lineup issues. They, I just look at their lineup and I'm not all impressed. I don't know. They're I just um, they're not they're not talented enough to to do well in the playoffs if they do make it. I mean, everyone knew like the LeBron era. Like you're gonna judge a four year era by the first three games. And if you do that, then no, I mean, it's, I'm not worried about it this season. From the first three games isn't looking good. It's hard to judge, but I mean, realistically, no. though, is, like you said, is anyone going to beat the Warriors? Though it doesn't matter. Like, no, it doesn't not, matter. But you're not you're not competing for he. That's, I mean, he signed a four year deal for a reason, knowing that. I think if by midway through year three, if you have some problems, then you start to worry. I think you give it at least two two and a half years. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that one heads. Um, we'll move on to question two. Here we go with another St. Louis uh, sports-based question. What steps should be taken to turn the Blues season around? I, I don't really know what to tell you here other than just 
pretty much just light a fire under their asses and get rid of everyone. My first note says burn the Enterprise Center to the ground and start over. Yeah, um, yeah I, I haven't really watched much of any game, and I probably won't watch one until we're at least 500. Yeah, um, for you guys that know, my fiance um, is a huge diehard St. Louis Blues fan. Her dad used to own season tickets all the way up until this year because he was tired of them being underperforming the last 30 years of his life. Um, but I'm, I'm kidding about burning Enterprise Center in the ground. Uh, I think it all starts with the goaltending. You know, Jake Allen isn't going to win you a cup. People will be like, blah, 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 defense. Listen to this shit. The Blues are tied for the most goals against in the third period this year with 15. Their save percentage in the third period is .826 or 82%. Horrible. Yeah. 15, 15 goals allowed on 86 shots. I mean, you can't it's, – it's defense, too. I mean, yeah, you're not going to win shit with Jake Allen, but the defense is garbage. We have fucking 97-year-old Jay Bowmeister still on our guy. That was my next thing. You, know, you want to know something else? Jay Blowmeister was on the ice for all four regular time goals last night. So I don't, all four goals in regulation, Jay Bowmeister was on the ice. Come on, man. I mean, it's, it just must be a, a reoccurring theme to have shitty GMs in the St. Louis market. Like, he was on the ice. He had 10 shifts in the third period. That's fucking unheard of. The 20-minute period, you had 10 shifts? Like, why is he playing? He's old, he's slow, he can't skate. So I think you honestly, I said Jake Allen, you start there by quit giving him minutes. Like honestly. If he's on the if he's on the ice for all four goals, I mean, fuck, man. There's something something he's he's a he's a defenseman, like you said. Yeah, our I would I wouldn't our offense is fine. I feel like we all we're always adding offensive pieces, but we never had a star defensive player. Our goalie's been the problem for God knows how long. We're way too conservative when we do have the lead. We blew a three to one lead last night. I'm tired of it. I'm not watching until we step it up. I have no desire. So I guess to answer Kurt, your question, quit playing Jay uh, Bomeister. Should be taken. Trade Bomeister. Get a goalie. Quit blowing leads in the third period. I think you do those first few things. The rest of it kind of takes care of itself. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's just the the conservativeness by Mike Yao is just awful. Just yeah. I mean, same thing as when we had old Fatty Hitchcock. <laughs> Yeah, the conservative hockey, I mean, step – I will say this. I know if, I know you said you haven't watched a lot of games, but those of you guys out there that have, Ryan O'Reilly is a fun motherfucker to watch. Like, that guy's good. Like, we've been waiting for years to have a guy that can skate around defenders and, like, facilitate passes and hit people open for one – he hit Colton Prego last night for – I don't know if it was him, but someone Colton Prego last night for an awesome one-timer. Like, Ryan O'Reilly can just skate circles around guys. It's fun to watch. It was cool. So. Hope that answers your question. Um, really wasn't much answering for that one, but we'll move on to our third one. This one comes from Nick Clark, a uh, longtime friend of ours. Any thoughts on the Cardinals heavily pursuing someone like Harper or Machado? What do you guys want and what do you think the likely outcome or alternative is? Um, I, think, I think we're going to disagree on this one all right off the bat. I don't know. I mean – yeah, I'd like to pursue him. For me, it's just like I, I know what's going to happen, so why I get my hopes up about anything. Like last year when we were in the running for Stanton, I knew we weren't going to get him, so I didn't even care. Like with these two, everyone's going to be like, oh, Harper to STL, Machado to STL. It's not going to happen. One thing for me, 
I fucking hate Manny Machado as a person. Like, yeah, he, he just looks like a dick. Like, such a punchable face. Such a fucking punchable face. Very punchable face. God, dude. I he just him. looks like a fucker. I love Bryce Harper. But yeah. Manny My thing is, I don't, I don't like pursuing either of those at all. I've never been a guy. I don't want us to go spend, out, spend $400 million on – because both these guys are probably going to get close to that. Yeah, definitely in the three higher 300s. Yeah, Harper might be the first $400 million. Not only that, but we don't need Harper's position. No. I think Harper's the better – the better player we need Machado as a third baseman or shortstop whatever he decides to play he um, said he's not moving from shortstop and I don't want to I don't think we should sacrifice that for DeYoung for 400 million dollars my thing yeah. is it's going to deplete the rest of your spending money you're not going to be able to go get depth we all know baseball is about depth one guy is not it's not like basketball where you have like one all-star and it's going to bring him a championship I've already talked about it before but I think and I've been looking at it more best move in my eyes trade Wong for a third baseman or a first baseman, if you end up getting a three-bagger, that's fine. Leave Carpenter at first. And I think we signed DJ, DJ LeMahieu. He's a free agent this year, um, career 298 hitter. He just turned 30 in July, which is a little concerning to me because the last time we signed a 30-year-old free agent was Dexter Fowler. We all know how that turned out. But I've always been a fan of depth and more position players, role players, than signing one big superstar. That's me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think regardless spending all the money on one person – it's a big deal anyway because I don't think that Mosaic's going to go out and spend money because that's how he is. He's a big scumbag, and he's a tightwad with his money. But, but realistically, do you want someone spending $400 million on a, on a free agent? No, I don't, but it's not like he's going to go out and utilize it in a better situation. Well, I mean, but if you look at the free agent market, it's not great. It's not I great. know, but we, we could get two good hitters out of it, and that's what we need, preferably a second and third baseman. Our pitching is fine. We have yep. a bunch of young pitchers. I think our bullpen, if we kind of keep it how it is, we can deal with it. But I'm you know just, what we're going to get? I'm done with Colton Wong because he can't stay healthy. Like, Yeah, but instead of going out and getting people that we need, what we're going to get is a mediocre wash-up all-star hitter in, like, Josh Donaldson, who is shit now. If we and get like, Josh Donaldson or Ian Kinsler, I'm going to fucking flip a lid. Yeah, and, like, a 4.38 career ERA – washed up old man middle reliever who's going to be good for about five blown games and then get hurt yeah so, so in hindsight to answer your question we don't like going after Machado or Harper uh, I think trading Wong and getting a piece either on the corner of the infield and then signing LeMahieu I think that's probably the the best step forward for them to kind of fix some of the issues they had yep all right let's move on to our last question I particularly love this question um it is. If you had to start your NFL franchise around one active player, who would it be? So I threw, I threw this one in here because um, I thought it would be fun for us to talk about real okay. quick. I mean, well, I was thinking about it. For me, it's either Gurley or Mahomes probably right now. Yeah, I mean, it's – I knew I you were going to say Gurley too. How can you not pick Todd Gurley? Yeah, I mean, because Mahomes has to be in the right offense. Like, if you were to take Patrick Mahomes and throw him to Miami Dol- – oh, fuck, he probably killed down there too. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I think you could take either of those players and plug them into either offense. Browns. I don't know, man. The Browns have pieces too. Like, yeah. I, I'm probably going to have to go with Todd Gurley just because he's such a dynamic pass catcher and such a dynamic runner and he can create space for himself. Mahomes has to start on that offense. I'm mm-hmm. going to go Todd Gurley. Um, maybe in a couple of years I'll choose Mahomes. But if I had to start one franchise right now, I'd, be, I'd pick Todd Gurley. I mean, you're not really going to pick anyone on defense just because it's – No, I mean, it's an offensive league these days. The rules are uh, built around an offense. 
it's going to have to be quarterback or running back. And Todd Gurley is 24-year-old. He's amazing. It's, it's ridiculous. Dude has 14 touchdowns through seven games. Yeah. He can catch the ball in the backfield. And what I was thinking about earlier is that, that like little fine line between like the nine-yard line and the 15-yard line where it's hard to throw a pass for a touchdown. Yep. Todd Gurley will run that in from there for a touchdown. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yeah. When, when teams get into like – because I, I, I personally hate watching my team have first and goal situations because um, it's so hard to call plays down there when you're in first and goal from like the five. Like you said, like the, you know, even if you're on like the 13 yard line, it's tough to call plays. Run a screen pass to Gurley. He's probably going to run it in. Um, get him, just get him out in space like they used to do with like the Rams used to do with Marshall Falk back in the day. And he can just kind of create things on his own. So um, yeah. I guess we both agree with Todd Gurley. Not much of a debate there, but we had some good questions for first and 10. Ran a little longer in 10 minutes, but, you know, it is what it is. A um, little fun segment next week. I encourage you guys next time we do that to give us something you guys know we're going to disagree on. Um, yeah, those were very not – we didn't really disagree on many of them, and I knew we wouldn't when I was reading through them, but it was fun. Next time maybe we'll – I think we kind of disagreed on, on the LeBron one. I think people are just way jumping the gun way too quick on, on – uh, on Oh, I totally agree. Alrighty then. Well, that is our first and ten. We're gonna roll right into our degenerates digest, where hopefully I don't suck dick this week. So let's go. All right, we're gonna roll right into our degenerates digest. You know, every week like we always do, three college football games, three NFL games, and a lock of the week for both. Um, picked a little bit of variety of spreads this week. Our first one, um, a big SEC East matchup. Number nine, Florida. At number seven, Georgia. At 2.30 on CBS, Georgia is seven-point favorites at home. Uh, who do you have here? Um, I wanted to pick Georgia here when I first looked at it, but then I saw the spread. Seven points. You know they're coming off a loss, and they're now playing another ranked team at home. They can't afford to lose, but Florida is six and one against the spread, and Georgia's three and four. That's just the number that stands out in me. And Georgia really hasn't played anyone that all that great besides LSU. Um, which for LSU, they started going down at that point. Um, they're both allowing 16 points per game. I think this is a close one. I'm going to take Florida plus seven. You're a bastard because um, I thought you were going to pick Georgia. Uh, I looked at it initially, too, and I wanted to pick Georgia with yeah. that at minus seven just because I don't think Florida's great at all. And then I looked at their schedule and I looked at their, like you said, their again, their record against the spread. And you, like you said, they're six and one, Georgia's three and four. Um, and that's really the only reason I have there is that just, just because of that solely uh, Florida, you know, has been playing really well this year ever, ever since, um, you know, the first couple weeks of the season, they've kind of picked it up and gained some steam. I do think Georgia wins. Uh, I think they yeah. kind of win though on like a late field goal or something like that. They had that pretty good kicker, blank and chip. But I'm going to take Florida seven here. Yeah, four eyes. <laughs> seven, just because simple fact that they're six and one against the spread, and Georgia's three and four this year. Yeah, same. Uh, it's going to be a close one. Florida may even win. I think I just think the seven point spreads too. Not big. a chance. Georgia's at home. I don't know, man. We'll see. I'll throw on to our second matchup though. Second matchup, we have number three Notre Dame who. It's looking like more and more week that with everyone losing, they're going to go to the college football playoff. Number three, Notre Dame at Navy. Notre Dame is 24-point favorites. Yeah, this one, it's, I mean, I just, I'm not a fan of Notre Dame. I feel like there's a pretty big rivalry, though. 
game. It is, yeah. Is Notre Dame plays Navy every single year. Yeah, because they are both, like, not in the conference. So No, Navy's in the uh, American Athletic Conference. Oh, are they? I found that out today. I thought they were independent as well. I think they used to be. Yeah, I think, I think so, they too. Can. But anyway, what you think would be a close matchup, I think I feel like it usually is. Um, but Navy is 2-5, and five, and Notre Dame, like you said, might make the playoff. They just look unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and also to – Go on top of that, Navy lets up 34 points per game, and they've played nobody. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I don't see Notre Dame having a tough time here. They're rolling. I'll take Notre Dame minus 24. Yeah, um, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm take Notre Dame at minus 24. Navy stinks. There's no way around it. Uh, they're 1-6 against the spread. Like you said, they're 2-5. 1-6 against the spread is horrible. They've lost their games by an average of 13.4 points. But, like you said, they've played nobody good. They played, like, Houston, a bunch of those American Athletic Conference teams. Notre Dame looks like a train, you know, kind of just getting ready to kind of roll, and they're picking up steam right now. I can still win about 30 or 40 points here, so I'm going to take them. I don't like big spreads. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. But we did last week, and I did pretty good at them. So I'm going to go uh, Notre Dame minus 24. For sure. Let's roll into that third that third matchup of the week. You know, the third one, we got a pretty big, what I think is a uh, trap game. It's number six, Texas at Oklahoma State. Texas is minus three and a half. Uh, who do you have here? Um, this one, you know, I'd – after this one, my, my picks get a little hazy for me. I'm not really sure what I was doing. I don't know if I had too many beers. But, I mean, I, I just don't get how Texas is this good. I don't really know who they gained. I haven't watched many of their games. And they're on the verge of being a playoff team. And Oklahoma State is looking worse than ever, like, of the, in the year so far. They started off good. They're kind of dropping off. Um, but switch reverse switch uh gears here i don't think texas is really that good and i know that oklahoma state can perform well and they're at home i think they cover and they maybe upset texas because texas is going to lose more than one game you fucker man every time i think i was like i'm gonna pick a game where i think travis is gonna go one way and i'm going the other way but i agree um both are three and four against the spread so no advantage really there um and texas is on a roll like uh, ever since week one they had that Shitty game week one against Maryland where they lost. Everyone's like, ha-ha, Tom Herman, Texas fucking blow. Um, but they Warner were on everyone rather than just us. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they've been on a roll. Like, But I believe this is a very bad trap game. Um, Stillwater is not an easy, easy place to play. I've been there personally. I was there whenever – back in 2011 when Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma um, for their big rivalry game. 
So I think it's a trap game. I think it's going to be very, very close. And Texas' average margin of victory is only is 9.8, so essentially 10. That's a lot closer than everyone kind of thinks it is. Their game's been fairly close, and this is a tough trap game on the road. So I'm going to take Oklahoma State at plus 3.5. May even win, like Travis said, because I don't think a team from the Big 12 is going to the playoff. Big 12, Pac-12, Big 10 are all fucked, I think. Yep. <clears throat> So, with that being said, we've agreed on all three of them thus far. Um, who do you have for your lock of the week? I know damn sure you're not going to pick this one. The game is Kentucky, number 12 Kentucky at Missouri. You didn't pick Dumb this one? Ass. Dumbass. Um, a number 12 team. First of all, Mizzou is seven-point favorites. At home against a number 12 Kentucky team. A number 12 team, an underdog against a four and three team. I get there on the road, but I'm just confused. I mean, this line came out and I was like, what? I mean, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Kentucky has one of the best defenses in the country, the best defense in the SEC. And it's more of a matchup of like, okay, Mizzou has a good powerhouse offense against a great defense. And then Kentucky has a decent offense against an absolutely atrocious defense. Um, so it's going to come down to who can get more stops, and it's not going to be us. So I'll take Kentucky plus seven. So you're not saying we're going to lose, but you're saying we're going to, if we do win, it's going to be not by, not by seven. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I totally understand that, and I just will never bet on another Missouri game um, as long as I live. But this, I, I will can't... say the offense looked really good, and our three losses have been very big anomalies. Number one, two, number one, number two teams in the country at the time, and then played in a fucking monsoon against South Carolina. So, but was, our our defense actually played decent in the first quarter last uh, last week. So first quarter, or first just, half, first quarter. I just don't think that we're gonna we're, that we'll we'll beat them, especially by seven. If we do, it's gonna be ridiculous. So, all right, I get that. Cool. So you're taking Kentucky. Was it plus seven at plus when you? Seven. Plus seven at Mizzou. Um, I'm going to go with another SEC matchup. Um, I'm going to go Vandy at Arkansas. Vandy is minus one and a half, so it's essentially a pick em. Um And the Hogs are horrible. Uh, they're bad. They're not a good football team. Vandy's pretty decent. They played that Notre Dame team that I was talk- we talked about earlier, pretty close earlier in the year. I know they've been kind of lackluster since then. I think they're 0-3 or 0-4 in the SEC right now. But I think the Hogs are horrible. This is a, essentially a pick em. I don't see no way where that Vandy goes in and, and loses this game. Um, so I'm going to take Vandy at minus one and a half for my lock of the week at Arkansas. All right. I like that one a lot. Yeah, Arkansas is terrible. And Vandy's actually a pretty good football team. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much a pick em. So For sure. All right. So there you have it. Our college games of the week. We agreed on our three ones, on, on the three that we picked. Travis has for his lock, plus seven, Kentucky at Mizzou. Uh, For my lock, I have Vandy, minus one and a half at Arkansas. Rolling on to the NFL, as always, our Thursday, Sunday, Monday night games, and then the locks of the week. Did you get Uh, them right this time? What? I did get them right this week. Again, we apologize. They flexed that game. The Bovada website that I use had the schedule fucked up. Anyway, Thursday night game. This is going to be tough for us because our Miami Dolphins are playing in the Thursday night game. In the Thursday night game this week, it's Miami at Houston. Houston is seven and a half point favorites. Uh, who you got here, Travis? I'm kind of scared to hear. To hear who, who yeah, you should be. Did my NFL picks 
Might be a shit storm. I could go over four this week. I went, like I said, past the third college football pick. They're kind of all over the place. Let's go into it. Um, I mean, do we really have to do this one, though? Because it's Miami and Thursday night games were terrible in them. But Houston's coming off winning four in a row, and Miami has lost their last three of four, all over seven and a half points in every three of those losses. But if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, we really cannot afford to lose this, especially by more than seven and a half. We need to look good. Um, and this, this needs to be a strong outing, and that's why I think the Dolphins will cover the seven and a half point spread. Brock Osweiler is coming back to Houston where he shit the bed. I think he wants to prove them wrong, and it's fucking Brocktober, baby. Give me, give me the Dolphins plus seven and a half. I mean – to be fair, I mean, Brock Osweiler has has played really well in his two games this year. I had to pick him up in fantasy this week. I mean, he's played really well. Uh, Thrown like uh, like four or five touch. Anyway, four or five touchdowns. Uh, it's not the it's not Miami's offense that worries me. It's their defense, um, and that's always been the issue um, ever since I've been a Dolphins fan. Like you said, you've kind of laid it out. Houston's won four in a row. Miami's lost three of four after starting out three and zero. Um, but, and me and Travis were talking about this before we started, before we hit, we hit record, Miami has one of the best red zone defenses in the league. Um, if you look at all the scoring plays against Miami this year, they've all been pretty much, almost all of them have been outside the 20-yard line. Um, big shot plays, big passes. Um, they usually they have one of the better turnover ratios in the league when it comes to the red zone. And Houston has the worst red zone offense in the league. They also allow the most pressures on the quarterback in the league. And I know Miami's pass rush hasn't been fantastic this year, but um, Robert Quinn, uh, Cam Wake, uh, what used to be, and Charles Harris, if he can stay healthy, Vincent Taylor, all, they have a pretty good defensive line, so I think they're going to give him trouble. Um, it's not going to be a blowout. Miami's banged up on the offset, offensive side of the ball, out without Kenny Stills, without Albert Wilson. But they have some guys that can plug in there, Jakeem Grant. Um, Devontae Parker is probably going to come back. Um, so I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Check that under out. I think the under might hit. Um, I don't say, I'm not saying Miami's going to win, but they're not losing by, by, eight, by eight points. It'll be a four- or five-point game on either side, in my opinion. So um, long-winded response, but I'm going to take Miami plus seven and a half. There you go. We agree on the first NFL pick. I hate it. I, hate it. I, we, I don't like picking on my fucking teams, but we're going to do it. So rolling into Sunday night. Um, we have a good one. This is a first on the Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. The Sunday night game is currently at a pick'em. So, yeah. those of you non-gamblers out there, uh, there is no spread. Vegas said, hey, we're going to put this at minus 110 for both teams, and you pick who's going to win. Um, there's no spread, according to Bovada right now. Um, we got Saints at Vikings in a pick'em. Who you have? All right. Yeah, both these teams coming off really big winning streaks. Think – One's three and one's a four-game winning streak. And to make it a pick them in a Sunday night game. Oh, no, the Saints have won five in a row. This, this, five? Okay, well, that's even worse. And to just make this a pick them in a Sunday night game is just brutal. So I feel like these Sunday night games have just been either high scoring or just one team comes out flat. And I think that's going to be the case here. It's just which team is going to come out flat. And, that, I mean, to make this a pick them is just genius. Um, and I think it's going to be the Saints that – or the team that comes out and has a, has a tough outing. Um, I'm looking for Kirk Cousins to have 400-plus passing yards. Whoa, what the fuck? Dude, 
I mean, you got Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. I get it. I, I don't see the Saints being able to cover all these weapons, and there's too many of them that are going to be downfield. Um, yeah, I just I have to pick the Vikings here. Damn. I don't know. I don't know if I want to, but I'm going to do it. So our first, I guess, besides our lock of the week for college, our first disagreement. I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I don't think the Vikings are good by any stretch of the measure. You look at the schedule. They haven't really played, beaten anybody that great, like the Cardinals. Um, they beat the Jets this past week. Uh, they lost to the Bills. I know that was, that was a fluke loss. Um, but, you know, the Saints have seemed to have everything going their way since they had that week one loss against Tampa Bay. We all wanted to write them off. And then went the overtime against the Browns, who may not be as bad as everyone thinks they are. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be more of a shootout. Uh, than what you kind of expected when you said the Saints coming out flat. I just think Cousins makes it, Cousins is not a super great quarterback in my opinion. I think he makes a couple of bad throws down the stretch to kind of give the game away, whether it be a pick or overthrowing guys that are wide open. Um, and I think the Saints kind of pull away late. Uh, but like you said, making this game a pick 'em is genius. It'll be fun to watch. It's always fun to bet on pick 'em games because you're not rooting for a spread; you're just rooting for one team. Um, yeah. So I'm, but I'm going to take the Saints and to pick them on Sunday night. All right. Now, I'm not saying the Saints are going to come out flat and do bad. I'm saying they're going to they might they're going to have a bad like first few drives. All the Vikings to get a steady ten nothing lead, and then from there they're just going to be playing catch up. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Thielen's easily going to have another over hundred yard game. If there's one team in the league that can play catch up though, it's the Saints. I mean, you, yeah, I get that, but Kamara and, and Ingram are just dangerous. Thielen touchdown over 100 yards is going to happen again. Oh, he's a fucking monster. I hate yeah. playing him in fantasy. Um, so our first disagreement on Saturday night, going into a Monday night snooze fest, we have the Patriots at the Bills. So uh, New England's going to Buffalo. New England is a two-touchdown favorite, minus 14. Um, I feel like this one's easy, but who you have here? Yeah, I didn't realize how bad the Bills were until I looked into it. But the Bills are bad. Yeah, they're horrible. They've scored 36 points in their last five games. Like, I, I don't get how that's possible. The Pats have scored 167 points in their last five games. Like, the, there's, that's a no-brainer. I'm just going to yeah. take the Pats minus 14. Yeah, uh, I'm going to keep it short. Uh, Bills are going to be without Josh Allen, and either going to have Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson, whoever they set to start. Derek Anderson was fucking walking around on the, on the street three weeks ago. Um, and the Bills lost the fucking Colts 37-5 to last week. 37-5. to um, Pats are going to roll 20, 30 points. I mean, if you can take alternate spreads, I'd even – I'd be willing to gamble on a, on a minus 21 for them. Damn. Um, but I'm going to take a minus 14 for sure. Easy. Um, so agreed on two out of the three. Agreed on Miami at plus seven and a half. You picked the Vikings in to pick them. I picked the Saints. Both have the Pats minus 14 on Monday night. Who is your lock of the week? My lock of the week. This one is a game that might get 10 total viewers. Are you, are you picked the same one I picked. The 49ers at Cardinals. Yep. Pick them. Yep. I said pick them. I wonder if we pick the same team here. The matchup of losers, both one and six. Arizona beat them the first time at San Francisco. This one's in Arizona. It doesn't happen again. The Cardinals, the Cardinals are so bad. Their QB situation's a fucking mess. 
I don't think the Niners are bad enough to lose two games to the Cardinals because if that's the case, that's going to be the Cardinals' only two wins this year. I'm confident because they suck that bad, so I'm going to take the 49ers here. Yeah, I did the same thing. Niners <laughs> my lock of the week. Uh, I was scrolling through. I don't like the spreads of the NFL games, to be fair. like Even the ones we pick because we pick all the primetime games, I don't like picking those. No. Because like the last night, whenever the fucking – we both picked Atlanta to cover minus six – against the Giants, and they fucking blew it. I went yeah. to sleep, woke up next morning, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I was, I was like, you know, I'll, I'm going to be 4-4 four and four this weekend. I'll be all right. Fucking end up being 3-5 and because the goddamn Falcons blew it. Anyhow, I don't like any of the spreads. So, at any time, I think from now on, when the uh, gambling gods give me a pick em that I can choose for lock of the week, I'm going to go for that because I'd much rather gamble, take my chances on a 50-50 chance of a team winning than a spread. But I did the same thing. 49ers, pick them at Arizona. Um, I'm going to take the Niners. Like, same reason you said. The the Cardinals aren't going to beat them twice in one year. They're horrible. Yeah. Their coaching situation's a mess right now. The whole organization's <laughs> in fucking shambles. Um, and I think the Niners are better than a lot of people give them. Like, they've been pretty competitive with C.J. Beathard in games. They've actually been scoring. Yeah. I mean, again, besides last week, they played the Rams, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, and uh, even then, they were a little bit competitive, um, you know, in that game for a little bit until the Rams just kind of – Aaron Donald just kind of took over. And that one ball he ripped out of that dude's hands, he had four sacks and just like straight up took a ball away from somebody. And like, that's mine. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're not going to compete against the – no one in that division can compete against the Rams. So The Rams might go 16-0. That game's an anomaly. It's – yeah, the, the Rams are just bad. Really, I definitely like that lock of the week. The Niners are pick them. The only, the, one, the only one that I decided against that I was going to pick, it was the Eagles minus three at the Jags. But I was like, uh, I might get fucked because, you know, the Jaguars might pull something out of their ass and win a game. Yeah, and the Eagles aren't really Mr. Reliable this year by any yeah. means. But uh, – So yeah. – I just I just figured that I'd get screwed by the Jaguars. So. so again, we did a clean sweep on the college picks, and then we had two different locks of the week, um, and then only disagreed on one NFL pick, and again had the same lock of the week. So we shall see. Travis and I, um, this is our first time in a couple of weeks now that we've had similar picks because I feel like you've been whooping my ass. But you know, this is going to be a week where if I do good, you do good. If I do bad, you do bad. So. Yeah, it's it scares me. It doesn't encourage me that you said you kind of like picked blindly, which makes me think we're both going to have a bad week. Both. <laughs> hey, you never know, though. Sometimes those are the best weeks. Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, that's going to kind of do it for our show this week. Um, not going to do a Q&A since we had our followers do a first and ten for us. Don't know what we have in store for you as far as first and ten next week. Maybe do like a midseason NFL review, kind of reevaluate some of our preseason picks. Um yeah, God knows. So again, just subscribe to us on the social medias, uh, on Facebook at the number two drunk brothers ampersand. Isn't that what it's called when you, the and sign? It's I don't know. two I drunk know. brothers and sign a podcast on Twitter at the number two drunk brothers. Um, we're getting a lot of followers. I'm trying to put out some new content. I don't know if you guys saw, I made a little video last week um, to kind of I'll promote our podcast, but. We just appreciate you guys listening to us. Um, you know, we're we're all, we're over almost to 700 view, uh, listens total on all of our podcasts. So we're doing this for you guys and continue to do this um, on a weekly basis. 
but yeah, follow us on Twitter. Tweet at me maybe some lines that you guys like, and I'll tell you if I like them or if I'm going to go against you and see uh, see how we can do some some games that way. Yeah. Also, um, let us know uh, again. I, mean, I said I wouldn't mention it, but I got another punishment coming my way, so we're not going to send out like an alert for you guys to to tweet at us. Just tweet at us some some punishments you guys think that fit the crime for me going zero and six in my locks the week the last weeks in a row because that's fucking atrocious. Um, yeah, give him a good one. Give him give him something better than wearing a Kansas shirt. I, anything better than wearing any other shirt. Um, I'd rather. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it is. Um, but we'll, we'll be coming back again to you guys next week with a first and ten and another Degenerous Digest and may even do some Q&A. Who knows? Um, but uh, take it easy, you guys. Have a great weekend. And uh, like Travis said, follow us on the socials and interact with us. We love it. So, peace. Yep. See you guys. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.